And good afternoon, Derek Hansen in studio, Brad Anderson, and the host of the show, the, well, the title of the show, Jack Michaels, On the Road to Sioux City. Have you slept yet? Did you just kind of go right into it? Uh, that was quite a wild one last night, Jack Michaels. It was crazy, Derek and Brad, and a good Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Brad and I were chatting off air. Brad said, what time did you come down after last <laughs> night's game? And I said, well... I said, I think I saw the clock still at 2.30 in the morning, just kind of reliving Peter Maris's home run going, did that just did that just happen a couple of hours ago? Yeah, it was a wild Wednesday, I'll tell you that. That was, of all these games they've played, fellas, the, the Fargo-Mart Redhawks, that is one that you are going to go back in the 2022 season and say, remember that night in Sioux City, Iowa? Yeah, wild one last night. Yeah, I checked in a couple of times, and they were they were up uh, early, I think four nothing, and then I turned around and they were behind. I think I saw it was, or it was nine eight, and then ten eight, and I was telling you, I think about forty five seconds before the final out was recorded, and I heard that at the end, and then eleven ten, and then I go dig around in the uh, live score and see how they did it, and I said, wow, what a uh, a fantastic finish, and uh, um, you know, tonight, uh, Kansas City travel day. They've won eight straight now, so uh, this is a this is a large one for the Red Hawks tonight because you're either you're either one up or two up uh, heading down to Kansas City on Friday. Yeah, it's funny how we we live in in um, scenario world, uh, because even like with the Twins or we scenarios with the Vikings. You know, we just we live in scenario worlds, and it's funny, Brad. The uh, going into yesterday, chatting with Coaster, and, and said, well. And Anthony Renza said, well, you know, if, if the Red Hawks win tonight and, and Kansas City loses, you know, you'd be up two and a half with a chance to go up three, and then you could win that first game Friday and close out the division. Well, of course, that that's out because Kansas City is Derek mentioned won eight straight, and Kansas City won yesterday, and then looked like the Red Hawks were going to be on the wrong side of, of a game, and all of a sudden you're thinking you're only going to be up half a game heading into Thursday. Well... Now the reality is the Red Hawks are up a game and a half going into tonight's game, and you're right. If they if they get tonight, and if Davis Feldman, good right-handed pitcher, if they get tonight, you walk into Kansas City plus two. Boy, and if you take game one, you're plus three with three to play with Kevin McGovern going on Saturday. You win that, boom, you win the division. But that's the scenario world that you live in. So it's uh, – and I don't know about you guys, but, you know, that game last night, if, if – um, you know, the Red Hawks went up 4 nothing in the third. Sioux City scored five runs in the bottom of the third to take a 5-4 to four lead. A couple of years later, the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks, uh, you know, jump out in front 7-5. to five. Then Sioux City tied it at 7-7. Seven to seven. Then Leo Pena gets an RBI hit, uh, and, and the Red Hawks go up 8-7. to seven. And then uh, they turn around and, and, and go up 10-8, to eight, Sioux City does. So, I mean, it's, you know, Dylan Kelly, a former Red Hawk, got a big hit to make it 9-8. to eight. You know, then they had another run in the eighth inning. Now it's 10-8, to eight and and the game has just gone back and forth. You've used a myriad of pitchers, and Sioux City's got big arms. I mean, just some big arms. Steve Montgomery brings, a, I don't know, he just gets these big arms, but so do the Red Hawks. And, and then that ninth inning, you know, Brad, like you said, you tuned, tuned in, and then it's like, wait a minute, what, what just happened? The ninth inning happens, and here you got numbers eight, uh, seven, eight, uh, eight, nine, and one, excuse me, um, do up. So Alec Oland works a count like foul, foul, works a count. Now the closer for Sioux City is it, Tom McElrath. He's among the league leaders in, in saves. Good, obviously, good pitcher. <laughs> and, and Oland fights off, fights off, fights off. And then 
flares a liner to center field, and all of a sudden, oh, well, okay, you got the tying run on. So now you've got uh, Correa's spot due up, say, pinch hit the left-handed batting Ben Laborsi, a rookie who's just been so good. So he has one of these at-bats, a typical one, like ball one, ball two, foul ball, you know, strike called, 2-2, two, two, you know, ball 3-2, two, you know, foul ball, and then a borderline pitch. Remember the one, the scene in, in The Naked Gun where Leslie Nielsen, you know, it's that first strike, that first call when he when he, when he he replaced the home plate umpire right. and that pitch yep. comes in, you know, and there's that pause and he goes, strike? <laughs> yeah, right. This was the exact opposite. Like the pitch comes in a divorce and it's like, ball, ball four. Oh, my gosh, he walks. You know, so it's you know, just, you know, the crowd, you know, the, the and the th- crowd was pretty thinned out by that time. But, but uh, you know, it's like ball. I'm like, oh. Okay, well now, now what? He, now you got two on, nobody out, and and you're at the top of the order. And sometimes guys look to ambush, you know, that first pitch, and and sometimes you look at it, you have an idea that that's the one I'm going to go get, because maybe he's just going to try to try to get ahead. And if that was the case, Peter Maris sits in that first one, and I mean, not just ambushed. He got all of it, and he pulls it out of the park in right field. And before you know it, the Red Hawks have taken a 11-10 lead. And dead silent in my press box. You know, the press box is open, so everybody, mm-hmm. you know, Derek, you and Brad have been around enough press boxes. So it's just it, what was a kind of a festive atmosphere in that press box you know, for the hometown team got really quiet, as did the crowd, and, and it was just nuts. And, of course, the bottom of the ninth, Alex Dubord came in and got it done. But... But the Red Hawks uh, pitchers were, were good. I'm sitting by Trevor Sims right now, and he was he saw a big arm. And uh, I think we trotted out seven pitchers yesterday, I think, in that game. It t- took the staff to do it. But, uh, again, uh, that's – that's ba- and the night before it was a 2 nothing game that took two and a half hours. So right. there you go, boys. That's baseball. Uh, Texter comes in, and actually uh, uh, Dan and Doug talked about this, and I were asked about this in the KFGO Morning Show. Who has the tiebreaker if Kansas City and the Red Hawks end up tied? Does it go on head-to-head? Yeah, that's Kansas City. So Okay. Ke- yeah, Casey has the tiebreaker. So they got to win her outright. Need, yeah, they need to, they need to get, it, uh, get it done outright. But, you know, yeah, yeah well – We'll see. Casey's one eight. Uh, do you guys believe in what goes up must come down in sports? Oh, absolutely. I, I think uh, to me, sports is a lot like life. It evens out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Except for college football, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're Alabama's football. Yeah. Unless you're NDSU and Alabama. Well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that might be the exception. Uh, to yeah. The rule. I mean, maybe those top four teams. I guess you know. I guess Georgia answered that last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, outside of like the. We talked about maybe the top four teams in each division, mm-hmm. certainly in FCS. Uh, well, Division Three was owned by Whitewater and Mountain Union forever, oh, too. forever. So, yeah, yeah, well, so. And St. John's to a lesser extent. Yeah, yes. I mean, one year right. of that. But, yeah, outside of that, I mean, it seems like everything kind of goes up and goes down. You can't really keep going back to the well with the same roster you have all the time. Everyone needs to keep on improving, and I think you see that quite a bit in sports. And uh, dynasties are tougher and tougher, I think. And so, yeah, things kind of level out eventually. Uh, yep, coming up today in the program, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, won't have Guardsy today. He's got busy with kids. And then, of course, the Gophers matchup with uh, New Mexico State. Uh, we've got a little sound from uh, NDSU. Got a chance to visit with Mason Miller, a young man out of Ada, who is uh, right now stepping in at uh, the open spot of the offensive line, which was occupied for years by Cordell Volson. We'll visit with him. We'll visit with... Uh, Easy shoes to fill there. Oh, yeah, no exactly. And it's some really good comments from, from him about what he learned from those guys and talking about uh, Coach Kramer and all that. 
Cam Miller, uh, we'll get some comments from him as well. Jody Norstad from Midco Sports will uh, uh, talk some North Dakota high school football with us uh, a little later on in the hour. Uh, he'll have the uh, Century Mandan game, which is going to be interesting. Of course, you're uh, familiar with that, Jack. Uh, Century losing to West Fargo last week, and then Mandan with a nice win at home over Davies, and Mandan's got a chance to put Century 0-2 early on, and that would be huge out west. Oh, that would be the front page of the Bismarck Tribune. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Yes, that, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you're not. You don't expect wing, uh, wing and box teams to uh, be over anything. It maybe late season, maybe get picked off, or maybe a playoff run. But that sloppy seven six game in West Fargo, which mm-hmm. featured, I forget how many turnovers in that game, but uh, it was seems like I think the ball was on the field a lot. But yeah, that's it's you know you don't want to start talking must. We've never used must with Bismarck Century Athletics mm-hmm. uh, in in the past recent years early in the season, but. Uh, that's a big one, but kudos to us, Fargo. And you're right, man. And uh, playing some good—that's a—that's a proud community. I don't know where you guys sit, but I always—you know—I've lived in Fargo Moorhead now for a better portion of three and a half decades. Decades, and and you know, it always seems like in communities that have multiple, you know, cities in the same class, there's always the the one that feels like they're on the outside. You know, us against the world. I think in, in the Fargo Moorhead West Fargo Metro. It was always to me like West Fargo felt like they were, they had something to prove. They were on the outside against the Norths and Souths and Shanleys. Yes. Right? Agreed. And, yeah, and Bismarck, especially back when there was actually space between West Acres and uh, West Fargo. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, when the, the, the city didn't extend all the way out to right. like the edge of Maple. Well, it wasn't yes. connected right at uh, Veterans Boulevard, right. yes. Right. right. Mandan is that, obviously, in yes. that area. You know, there's, you know, Century High and Bismarck High and you know, St. Mary's, uh, you know, in, in basketball, the same thing. But, yeah, Mandan's got that, too. So I always think of Mandan and West Fargo kind of like the two uh, schools that are always like, you know, but now, of course, you know, they've, they've enjoyed success. But, yeah, it, it, that'll be a fun weekend. And, Jody, you're going to have to check with Jody. I saw him out there. This is proving how much older we're getting. I, I thought he, I thought they, he and Amy just had a baby like a week ago, and she was out throwing the first pitch at a Newman Outdoor Field game the other Huh. Okay. <laughs> the other day, so I think that it was a heck of a toss, but that's how much the, the time flies by. There's an understatement. Yeah, yep. it's it's the first of September for crying out loud. Yep, no doubt about that. So we'll uh, there's some games I want to go over. West Fargo and Shanley is going to be an interesting game. Some some good games down in the uh, the in 11A and 11B. We'll have Northern Cass and Central Cass uh, tomorrow night on 104.7 KFGO FM. Believe it or not, these two teams have not played in football in a decade. Is that right? What? Yeah, that, that is correct. What? Because, well, Central Cass was in AA for, which is now 11A. They were in AA for years, and the Jaguars have been a, a class uh, down. They did play kind of in uh, pre-conference games, but they've, Central Cass has always been kind of a class ahead for a number of years. Sure. Now they're in the same region, so they uh, they have no choice. They have to play each other. So, But, yeah, it's been 10 years. I did not realize that because you just think of a natural rivalry, all the oh, winter absolutely. sports, volleyball, absolutely, how many yes. times they play there. But, yeah, yes, so. that's very interesting. Yep. I did not realize that. Very true. Uh, college football, we had Steve Lockway on yesterday with the Dragons and Sioux Falls. Uh, Concordia and Valley City State, I think, is an interesting matchup. Last yes. year, VCSU beat Concordia, I believe, at the gun, if I remember right. I think it was a game-winning field goal. And uh, the Cobbers, I know, have got pretty good uh, depth. And VCSU is looking to uh, bounce back. Are we going to get anything, Derek, out of the Gophers game tonight, other than the fact, will Jerry Kill shake P.J. Flex's hand? That's, that's an that's interesting. About, that's about the only thing. And this that all goes intriguing. back to – this just goes back to P.J. Flex saying we needed to change the culture and Jerry Kill taking offense to that. 
And I don't think Jerry Kill should have taken offense to that because Jerry Kill did a good job of rebuilding the program. Tracy Clays did a formidable job as the interim coach. I mean, there's just no getting around oh, it. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, let's face it, there are a lot bigger things than just the football program that we're, I think P.J. Fleck is talking about, right? I mean, it, there was a lot of things. And yet a new athletic director that's coming in who wanted to hire – his new guy, which is as common as the sun getting, you know, sh- raising in the east each and every morning, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes with many new athletic directors. So I, I don't think he should have been quite as, uh, maybe had a little thicker skin with that because, no, the cupboard wasn't necessarily bare for PJ Fleck, but he's trying to get it to be his culture. Whether your culture is good or not, and that word is thrown around way too much, Dan Burrow's right on that, but that's what he's trying to say. It just, it's. It's kind of eye rolling. I, I think. don't. Yeah, but I don't get what the point of Jerry Kill and he's been on in a number of different uh, media outlets in the Twin Cities. I don't get what the point is now. I mean, that's, I don't, to me, I it's don't water. Either. It's water under, under the bridge. He's he's at a program. It's kind of a you know towards the bottom of the heap in FBS as well. I just you know he's. I think he's got his own issues to worry about. I don't know if he just wants to get his name out there, just wants to vent, whatever the case. But I I just don't see the end game. I don't get the end game. What's your now. take, Jack? Yeah, I, I just think there, there's so many reasons because you're talking about, you know, personal, it's personal stuff. You know, for, for some, it's personal and, and, you know, that carry chips on shoulders and, you know, maybe some of it is even fodder to, you know, that also could fire up your own club. You know, New Mexico State dropped a game to, I think, would they play Nevada in, in week zero? Yes. Uh, and out Las Cruces and, and dropped that game and. For Jerry Kill and, and P.J. Fleck and how you perceive statements when, when, when you use the word culture, you know, it, it, it's just so much stuff that, that's perceived in, in ways and it seems personal. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that a lot of that stuff is, is good talk for fodder. And, you know, Jerry Kill just seems to wear the possibly a little chip on his shoulder, not just him, but, but assistance and all that. I, uh, you know, again, Minnesota's got bigger fish to fry than to sit around and, and uh, you know, worry about this part coming into the game. I, I think this is a, this is a season for, for P.J. Fleck that, that you got to find a way to, to make dents and, and, and get wins and not play close games. Wasn't it a year ago where everything was, even the non-conference was just all close. seemed like finding ways to win was so tough to do so. so well, they I, lost to Bowling Green. They lost to Bowling Green. In a game know. they should not have. That was so bad. That's where they refused to put the ball in the air for whatever reason. And that, that was – I mean, that was a game – you think about some of the games that they lost. I mean, they should have been they, – they were too conservative against Iowa at Iowa last year. There's just so many games that they blew last I, year, and they could have put them into a much better bowl situation. I, I look at the offense for the Gophers guys, and that's really my thing, you know, when you when you kind of turn the reins over to a guy that, that, that can get her done and P.J. Fleck is big high on Kirk and – and you know Tanner Morgan is what is this is third you know Tanner yeah, you know Tanner's story he's been around long seventh enough, year red shirt uh, senior I don't know but right, it seems so, like you know I'm let's, exaggerating let's, there <laughs> I think it is a six year though so you're yep. you're not too far off but yeah so I I hope that uh, that they can get it done who's the uh, receiver that I really is it Ottman Bell yeah is that the yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking for that offensive Minnesota to come out and make a statement tonight uh, in, at Huntington. Is Ibrahim back? I do believe so, and, yeah. and you know, so I mean, yeah, no Ibrahim, yeah. Yeah, and so that's you know the other thing about it, and as much as they like to run the ball, so it, it's going to be an interesting watch tonight. 
8 p.m. kickoff on our sister station, 1019 Jack FM. Yep, 6, 6 p.m. pregame. pre-game. Yes. So, yeah, 8 p.m. kickoff. So midnight should wrap that thing up, and <laughs> hopefully it's 45 to nothing. We don't have to get some. They need running time sometimes, I think, in some of these preseason uh, You know, games. some of that would be would be ideal. And uh, I, am a, I am a fan of running time if it needs to be there mm-hmm. as well. Which so. game gets up, by the way, which game gets over first, Red Hawks or the Gophers football game? Well, the Gophers, For your sake, I hope it's the Red Hawks. I do, too. And I say if they, if they run the football, then, they, then that might help the uh, cause a little bit. So <laughs> very true. Um Twins lose a tough one last night, 6-5. They'll uh, take on the uh, the White Sox. Uh, starts a seven-game road trip, and you would think a trip to Chicago and then forward the Yankees, but the Yankees kind of scuffled a little bit, but it never it never seems to matter when the Twins go to um, go to Yankee Stadium, but that'll be interesting. The Twins missed a chance to gain some ground, still a game and a half behind uh, Cleveland as uh, the Twins are off tonight. Uh, I saw this. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, but... Um, you think about uh, in in sports, there's kind of a uh, entrance music for for guys. Uh, Mario uh, Mariano Rivera had Enter Sandman. Trevor yep. Hoffman had Hell's Bells. Yep. Edwin Diaz of the Mets, guys. I love this. Uh, there's a song called this fellow named Timmy Trumpet. That's not his real name, but it should be. I hope not. Timmy Trumpet. Uh, he has this song called Narco. And it's basically it's when Edwin Diaz, who's the closer for the New York Mets, comes out. And the Mets brought him in last night. They were playing the Dodgers at City Field. And they brought him in to play it live. This is outstanding. I'm going to fast forward as he's, okay, so he's walking out of the bullpen tunnel, and here he comes. I think we all, we all need theme music, but this is, this uh, yeah. is perfect. Here we go. This closer thing, music, I like And, and the bullpen's a long ways away. It's out in like right field, so you can really get the full effect as he's uh, as he's jogging in to uh, take his warm up tosses. Derek, uh, so Brad is talking about this. And I said, Isn't this outstanding? This thing, it's one of these things that is just I think st- it really caught on because I kid you not, we are, I'm at the Babe Ruth World Series a couple weeks ago in Williston, right? You know, and I'm up in the press box and I'm doing the announcing, and my guy to the right is in charge of the music, you know, and he's got a playlist of songs to play between games but one of them is he goes wait till i drop this on you guys you know it's an imagine he goes hey what do you got he goes i've got edwin diaz walk-up song <laughs> like, oh, what is that? he goes it's called marco by timmy Trump. I'm like what? correct and, and he plays that and the scene in that babe ruth stadium was just like people dancing in the aisles and, wow. and, and swaying too far that he played it as brad just played there it is uh, it's it's caught on. It is something ever. I mean, Enter Sandman has got to be number one. I just I just pulled up the list of the top seven greatest reliever walk-up songs of all time. Trevor Hoffman's got to be up there. Yeah, Hell's Bells, Bells is good. With him coming at the old Jack Murphy Stadium, when they, we was, it was it was kind of tucked away in the shade, and he comes out of the shade out into the sunshine when he comes jogging in. That was that was pretty good back in the day. Here's the uh, here's SI.com Fan Nation's top seven. Kenley Jansen, 
California Love by Tupac Shakur. Interesting. Number six, Jonathan Papelbon, I'm Shipping Up to Boston by Dropkick. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. Right? That's, that's JG's uh, song when he fills in for Brero, yeah. That's right. Number five, you nailed it, Trevor Hoffman, yep. Hell's Bells by It's ACDs. a little low for me, but. Yeah. Eric Gagne, top reliever walk-up songs of all time. Eric Gagne, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Okay. Remember, that was game up. Number three. You just heard it, Edwin Diaz, Narco by Blaster <laughs> Jackson, Timmy Trumpet. There you go. Yep. Blaster Jackson, Timmy Trumpet. That's Timmy Trumpet. A... Number two, Mariano Rivera's Enter Sandman number by two. Metallica. Who's number one? Well, oh, oh, okay. Number one, it says Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. And <laughs> well, <Williams>. okay. <laughs> Well, okay. well, I mean, time out. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're not we're talking about a real situation here. Hold the phone here, here now. <laughs> I should have read ahead, boys. I'm sorry. I, That's okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, no love good. for Joe Nathan and Stand Up and, stand shout. Up and shout by Steel Stand Dragon. Up. Yeah. yeah. That's so. Yeah, that that's good. unfortunate. But this that's one reminds me. It's like a, it's like a matador coming out. Yeah, oh. Like coming out. Well, coming right, out to start the start start the bullfight. It's the same reason it's hard to turn off Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance. You just want to keep keep, keep listening and watching. No, I Maybe saw this last night, and I had it in my head all evening long. So it was, uh, yes. It's the little thing. I'm still kind of humming it, humming it for today, but that one's really good. And uh, to, to get him there to do it live was classic, and thankfully Edwin Diaz didn't uh, blow the game last night. They beat the, uh, they beat the Dodgers, so. The twins don't have a closer song because they use so many guys. To I mean, you'd have to. Rocco have to refuses a, to name a closer. You can't set yeah, that so up. How can so. you set up the music? Yeah. You'd have to have your CD on a shuffle, like seven <laughs> different. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll do a little uh, look at uh, you know the, the the game that we have coming up this weekend. Drake at NDSU and Brad was able to catch up with a couple of the Bison players, both with the same last name, but not related. But not related, and uh, so we'll we'll have that for you, and then uh, we'll talk a little high school sports with Jordy Norset and Jack. You enjoy your call tonight. Uh, it's uh, hopefully you can rest your voice and not have a five hour game and and get done and maybe catch the end of the Gophers game. That uh, that work out good. Yeah, for you. that's uh, <laughs> that would be nice and, and do some final prep work. I'm, I'm knee deep into a into a Nebraska too deep uh, stuff on that. Why well, is your yeah, weekend uh, busy? Is it? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've I felt like I'm like what a lot of our guests on the show. I've I've, I've done more. I've been on someone else's show this week longer for longer periods of time than I've been on my own for goodness <laughs> well, sake. Well, that does got... happen sometimes as the play-by-play voice. Yes. <laughs> just got done with the like... Nebraska radio. They, uh, they, uh, yeah, they're excited about this. I feel a sense of hesitation. I think with a lot of Huskers fans, they're not sure what, what they're, they're going to see Saturday and then they shouldn't. I mean, North Dakota just hasn't and played them, you know, so it's uh, that's what I'm, I'm curious. So I know we got a break, but what would your guys walk up song be? Um, in what vein, though? Like walk-up song for as a, as a, as a reliever or a batter? I'm I'm curious what you guys would. Well, have. as a reliever, you know the open to my show is Slade Run Away, which I, I love the buildup of it before the you know they start doing the riffs. You know, you know the, the kind of that. You know, you know what I'm talking about the long version too. Like it's coming out of the bullpen, it would be like a long walk, and then yeah, I think that's always been my go-to. But I've got uh, I think of the the theme from the Sopranos. That would be a good, like the beginning part would be all right. 
And then this one as well, uh, I think of this as like, you know, as like walk-up music. Just because of the intro, I always like this one here too. Uh, let me play it here one second. Oh, yeah. Little Brian Adams. I think uh, oh, see, you Jack has spun that record people. a few times. Oh, yeah. Imagine 40,000 people when that starts playing because I think we could all agree that Zach Penfrey's walk up song is a Red Hawk. Hollow Notes. When you, Hollow Notes, you just. Uh, you make my dreams is just but it's only like 13 seconds that you get to hear that what we're talking about is what you guys just, that reliever walking that long way is right that anticipation mm-hmm. oh that's a that's a great song i uh yeah i don't know i mean europe is very 80s i mean the final countdown's been played so much well if you didn't have something with 80s for you then i'd start to worry about you so let's let's get, <laughs> get that so i mean it would have to be right, right. for you Something from yeah. the 80s. My, JG would be yeah, like, disappointed if it wasn't. So. Oh, right, right, right. It's got to be the 80s. My, maybe Scandal, The Warrior, you know, might, uh, yeah. you know. But, it's yeah, got a little build-up to it. I have to really think of that. Big shout-out to the Iceman tuning in today. Just messaged us. Uh, great, great conversation on the walk-up. Love it. You know, yeah, yeah maybe we should uh, get that. We'll see. All I know is that the Red Hawks tonight, uh, uh, if they can win, we all said it. Uh, you go plus two. Uh, heading into Kansas City tomorrow night, so that's a that's a large, large game tonight. Six forty-five, the pregame, and you can only imagine Sioux City reeling a bit after last night the way they lost that game. So let's go. There's Robbie Lopez, twenty years with the Red Hawks, sitting to my left. Oh yeah. You know what the scene is here is uh, you load up the charter bus, and then it's that downtime for like two hours for the guys. So that's what's going on here in Sioux City. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. Uh... Yeah, that's always a thing, isn't it? Yeah, the old uh, load up the charter for you. Well, it should be a fun one tonight. I'll be looking forward to it, my friend, and uh, you enjoy it. And we will uh, talk to you again uh, hopefully tomorrow. All right, Derek and Brad. Uh, good. Now I'm going to be listening to the walk up. I'm going to try to come up with the walk up song. Yes, all after there you all go. Right, <laughs> we'll see you tonight on the air. Sounds right, good. Sounds good. Thank you. Jack all Michaels right. with us again, play by play voice of the FM Red Hawks. Big game, huge game, as Brad mentioned with the FM Red Hawks at Sioux City tonight. When we come back, Brad had a chance to catch up with a couple Millers and obviously the quarterback who's you know won a national championship now always had some big shoes to fill in. Well, another guy who's had, has really big shoes to fill. That's coming up for you. And we'll talk a little high school sports at 1240 here. The Jack Michaels Show, Derek Hanson, Brad Anderson with you on 740 The Fan. Welcome back, Jack Michaels Show, Derek Hanson, Brad Anderson with you. And uh, each and every week, Brad has a chance to go, get, go up to a Bison camp and uh, talk to the – some of the players, NDSU is always good about offering up some of the players. And uh, you had a, a pretty good uh, dynamic duo that you know, a lot of focus is going to be on these two guys. Too. Yeah, Mason Miller uh, kind of – I want to put pressure on him, say he's the heir apparent to Cordell Volson, but he's uh, taking over that spot. Uh, he will uh, be one of the starting tackles when they face Drake coming up on uh, Saturday. Some people were made- – yeah, We'll uh, get to that here in uh, in just uh, just a second here. we got a chance to, to visit with uh, – with Mason about uh, you know some things he kind of learned from Cordell Volson and uh, much more. Here we go. Uh, Ada, Minnesota, and uh, Mason Miller uh, could be ready to step in and uh, the offensive line for the uh, for the NDSU buys. And, and uh, you kind of feel your your time is now. You feel like you've uh, obviously you've learned from some real great guys and uh, another good one in front of you that's in the NFL now. Yeah, you know uh, Cordell, you know obviously taught me a lot. He was here for two years, or with me for two years. You know that uh, spring season and then last fall. 
And uh, I just learned so much from him and uh, just so thankful that I had the opportunity to be with him for two years. But, uh, you know, I think him teaching me and him preparing me, that's, uh, you know, I mean, all the guys, you know, teaching the younger guys and preparing the younger guys to, you know, fill their shoes eventually and, you know, take their spots is kind of, you know, how this program is. And uh, I think uh, he did a, a pretty good job, you know, hopefully, hopefully he did a good job because I feel like I'm ready to go. And so, yeah. What did you learn from the uh, the most from watching him? You know, just uh, his passion and love for the game. Um, even in practice, I mean, he almost practiced harder than he played in games because that's just how he approached every day. And, you know, just his mindset was really something that, uh, you know, I had never really seen a guy that was that in love with the game and that played his his whole life was for the game um, and for Bison football. And, you know, just learning that from him and how to identify yourself in that is, was pretty special. Take me back a couple of years. You were uh, from a small town playing nine-man football, and that's a story that's been uh, it's a story that comes a lot from this program. Kind of take me take me back to that point. Did you get you were a little wide-eyed, a little bit scared up until now? Yeah, I mean, I was a 240-pound kid that came onto campus, and uh, you know, you see Cordell and Dylan, and they're both 300 pounds, and you're just kind of like, oh boy, what a, what's gonna what's gonna come of me the next couple of years? But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, they were really really helpful. I'm. They toughen you up. They get you ready for these moments, and uh, yeah. So it was just kind of a, it was a great experience. Yeah, I bet. Now you come in here now, and uh, it looks like that right tackle spot's going to be yours. Did you approach fall camp a little bit differently, or maybe was the focus a little bit clearer, or did did that change at all? I know one thing Cody Monk told me was like he says, "Well, it's not like we're filling one spot. It feels like everybody's kind of trying to uh, have an audition again." Right. I mean, it just it elevates everybody's play. You know, knowing that there is that open position I mean Jalen Sundell Jake Rock Gray Zabel you know we're all kind of taking reps at that position um, just to uh, I mean it's just going to further make every one of us better whether it's uh, whoever's starting at that position or whoever's taking reps there you know it just drives each and every one of us to be better at uh, at our position so Yep. Uh, Coach Ann said this yesterday in his press conference about how uh, this week I, I think that it's good to have the focus on an opponent. You've kind of been beating on each other for, for two or three weeks here, and it just seems like it, it just helps the mindset of everybody knowing you've got, uh, you've got somebody else you're, you're focused on except yourself. Right. You know, the, the thing that gets said every day at practice is the bison don't play the bison. But when you're, when you're out there grinding against each other, it's, that seems like the only people that you play is the bison. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to, you know, have a game plan against somebody else and just have that in the future that we will be able to play somebody that's not wearing green or gold. So, yep. uh, Do you look at, uh, obviously, that FBS game in Arizona, that's, for a lot of you guys, that's, that's going to be a new experience. Right. I mean, I don't even think that's on the mind of a lot of people right now. You know, we're just focused on Drake. Um, you know, I, there's a movie called Any Given Sunday, and, you know, well, it's any given Saturday. So we, we have to face a team that we play on Saturday, and, you know, after that we can start thinking about other games. So. All right. Sounds good. Um, uh, coming into the – how about some of the some of the guys that uh, – I imagine there would be a lot of guys who are going get, to get, uh, get some snaps here as well. Um, some of those younger guys coming in, uh, what are some of the things you're instilling in them, and what have you seen from the progression from day one until uh, this week? Right. I mean, it's just – things that you know Cordell taught taught me and older guys taught me you know you need to be a you need to be a tough guy you can't be a soft guy out there playing all line here so uh you know just kind of toughen them up they're still pretty pretty soft but uh you know that everybody's a little bit soft when they first come here so you know just toughen them up and uh you know helping them with their technique 
you know, your first year is kind of a whirlwind. You're getting everything thrown at you. So just kind of helping them along and just making sure that they know what the standard is here. Uh, I'd imagine Coach Kramer, how much has he uh, he's, he's, uh, impacted your life? Uh, <laughs> when I first got here, Coach uh, told me that uh, Cordell gained a pound or two every single week that he was here until he was 315 pounds. So that kind of gave me a, a goal to strive for. You know, I, I don't think I quite did that, but, you know, I've put on probably 50, 60 pounds since I've been here. And, you know, Coach Kramer has really been on my butt, you know, eating, eating right. Um, you know, I, it's really easy to put on fat, but it's harder to put on muscle, uh, especially when you're doing it in that quantity of weight. So just uh, Coach's uh, advice and, you know, him just putting me in the right situations with the right weights and the right, you know, just – ideas to eat and so i mean i think coach kramer is he does uh, wonders with everybody that comes here so mason miller out of uh, out of ada the uh, uh one of the one of the rams in the offensive yeah. line for the uh, for the bison yeah big one too that's for sure and i remember seeing him play in high school and what a mm-hmm. force he was just think of all that weight that's going to be put on do you want to uh should we get to cam miller right now or uh, i'll tell you what we'll get to cam yeah. miller later on that's we'll what get, i figure get yep. to jody now yep. we'll uh we'll end the show with that when we get a little time sounds good yep. so that's our little tease for that we'll talk to jody norstead again and talk a little high school football when we come back here from midco and Derek hansen brad anderson jack michael show here on seven for the fan 1242 on the jack michael show brad anderson and Derek hansen uh joining you as uh some minnesota football kicks off uh tonight uh, DGF's in action. They should be pretty solid again. They've got uh, Thief River Falls, yeah. Pelican Rapids, and Underwood. The Noman Wobbins in action. Uh, your uh, your Trojans in West Central Ashby tomorrow night should be fun. Oh my heavens, is that going to be a game? Two of the top four teams last year. In the I state, mean, yep. Three of the teams that were in the final four. West so Central just kind of quietly went in the final last year. Yeah. They won a lot of close games. They so. did. They were tough defensively. I mean, yep. really tough defensively. There was a lot of twelve. Yeah, a lot of fourteen, twelves, eight, seven. We have Breckridge Otter till Central too. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. There's that, and uh, uh, I think about, oh, Spuds are at St. Cloud Tech tomorrow yes. as well. Minnesota's underway, and boy, North Dakota. It's felt like they've played half a season already. <laughs> yeah, will be in week three for some. Jody Norstead from Midco Sports uh, follows North Dakota fo- high school football very closely. Jody, thank you for joining us. And um, well, don't tell me what. Don't tell me if you've figured out Wordle yet, because I still have to play it yet. And uh, the secondly, we were talking about the the walk or not the walkout music, but the Edwin Diaz music, uh, the song Narco, and he walks in uh, ready to pitch the ninth inning. If you had a song, what would it be? If you, if you walk into the Midco studio, or if you're headed to out to uh, to Bismarck Mandan, what that what's that music going to be? Oh boy, um, put you on the spot. It'd have to be something Garth Brooks related. Okay. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Something Garth Brooks related. That would have to be maybe rodeo or something like that. Uh, he, he's he's big fan, big fan. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. Uh, let's yeah, get. Tough. I don't know a lot of songs, man. I'm, I'm a I'm a sports guy. I mm-hmm. listen to a lot of songs, but I don't know them off the top of my head. Like like you guys would maybe back in your day spinning the hits on, on the radio. <laughs> well, well, the first one I well, there's two of them that I thought. And the one was the uh, the Sopranos theme, and the other was uh, "It's Only Love" by Brian Adams, which I played earlier in the program. Which I, I just like the intro to that song is really good. So. Um, I respect that. All right, to the task at hand here, uh, you will be out in Mandan tomorrow night, and I know you're, yep. you've been really high on the Mandan Braves. You see, Even in the summer, you thought they could be a, a, you know, a, a potential, not to say a sleeper, but a, a contender out west, and 
Uh, Mandan wins a, wins a game over Davies, high-scoring game last week in Bismarck Century. And, uh, turnover-filled game, uh, weather maybe played a factor losing to West Fargo, and all of a sudden that matchup looks really big right now in Week 2. Yeah, and I mean, Century, I mean, that was just a slop fest against West Fargo. I don't know if you caught any of that, but, you know, obviously we were dealing, dealing with rain all over the place here, and uh, that game in West Fargo, I think Century turned it over, I think maybe five or six times, a couple muff punts, uh, interception, three fumbles, something that you just don't see from a Century team. So it's they're going to need to be on their game against a Mandan squad that, I mean, they, they jumped up on Davies early. Davies kind of got back into the game. They ended up winning 34-26. to 26. But, I mean, just last year, this was a 21-14 to 14 Century win. So Mandan has played them tough. The problem with Mandan is it was last year in all those close games, shoot themselves in the foot with like two minutes left in the half or two minutes left in the game. And, and it would ultimately, you know, decide the game form and they'd come up on the losing end. But uh, it's a team that returns, I think nine starters pretty much on both sides of the ball. They got their leading rusher back, leading receiver, a thousand yard receiver in Carson Jablonski, their quarterback, Max Carlson. I mean, it's a team that's loaded and, and really wanting to contend, but now it's kind of one of those prove it games that we get on Friday night. Okay. You think you're good. You got that 1-0 start, but now you're going to play the team that's kind of ruled the WDA for the last half decade. Uh, 11-AA, West Fargo and Shanley both uh, pick up wins. Shanley looked impressive against uh, Bismarck, and then Cheyenne at Davies. And, well, we, you know, the Davies story from last year well-documented, and it won't be truly affected because they've gone to the statewide schedule. It won't be East versus West, but Davies might be in the same, if they can't pick off Cheyenne tomorrow night, might start being in the same predicament they were a year ago. Yeah, and that's something that I'm sure Wayne Weirmeyer's kind of drilled into his guys' heads is, all right, you know, we got to take advantage of any opportunity we get on a Friday night because we never know when it'll be our last, like it kind of turned out to be last season. And as you mentioned, it's going to look a little different this season. They're not going to take a minimum team from the East, a minimum amount of teams from the East and West. They're just kind of doing a statewide schedule. But, yeah, so they play Cheyenne this week. And then after that, it may be – gets a little easier Bismarck is a little bit down this year but then it's West Fargo and then you get Minot and South and then a gauntlet to end the season with Shanley and Century two of your last three games so uh it's you know it's it's weird this year Brad and it was even weird last year it just seems like every game on the schedule for these 11 AA teams is a huge game I mean it hasn't been that way in years past when sometimes you get those EDC games where Cheyenne just overmatches a Fargo South or a mm-hmm. Fargo North or a Central or Red River. Now those teams are all playing the, the top dogs across the state, and it's just it's really made things very interesting where there's no sleeper game in that 11 AA level anymore. Let's go to 11A. Fargo North was like really impressive off this week. Uh, Central at South is interesting. The one that caught my eye, though, Jody, down in Wapiton. I think Wapiton could be a sleeper. They've got a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, they won at Devils Lake last week, and really, there wasn't they. It wasn't so much at Capas. I think he had five catches, but Trayton Malk had a big game, and I think Red River's improved. Yeah, so I, I mean, a little bit more balance maybe than uh, what we've seen in the past couple of years from Watson when the quarterback Shaper was slinging it all over the field with Malk running the ball, and now maybe the quarterback. I think it's Bo Arnstein that you know will gain a little bit of comfort as the season wears on. That could be a really dangerous team, but. Same could be said for Red River. They have a young quarterback in Pierce Parks, the younger brother of Payne Parks, that's a guy that's super athletic, so he can run on you, he can hurt you with his arm. 
Uh, they have some big-time talent with Logan Arison, a great tight end and defensive end slash linebacker type uh, that's getting recruited for multiple sports, a great javelin thrower too. So uh, Red River took, a, took one on the chin last week against Jamestown, but, I mean, Jamestown is at a different level. I think Jamestown and North are kind of a cut above the rest at that 11A level, and then everyone else kind of slides in fighting for that third, fourth, fifth spot. Uh, so that, that, I think, is probably the most interesting game on the schedule for Red River uh, or for that 11A class, Red River and Wapkin. I think you're right. Uh, 11B, is in, I got a chance to see Kindred last week against Hillsborough Central Valley, and, uh, boy, they just killed them with big plays. Um, they really, Hillsboro had one really good drive and didn't, uh, didn't convert right before the half. And then Kindred went down and scored. I mean, just a lot of big plays and they've got speed in the outside and then the size on their line with, uh, with, uh, Packer and, uh, Riley Sunram. And I just, they are, it, it's quite a mixture and you don't, it, it's something you really don't see at that level of play. Yeah. And I was even talking to a couple other coaches that are, were class eight coaches and talking about that Kindred offensive line. They're like, yeah, they they'd probably be a pretty good offensive line at the 11 double a level. And, and that's the highest level. Um, it's just, it seems like it's not fair. That's why I was kind of surprised in week one when it was only 19 to zero uh, over Lisbon and they didn't really run the ball all that well. So to be able to see that response against the Hillsborough central Valley team that I respect Scott Olson a lot and, and nobody does that to them. Nobody gouges them on the ground. Uh, like what Kinder just did last week. So that that is very interesting. It raises the eyebrows a little bit. Okay, maybe Kinder got was a little bit ticked off from that first performance, even though it was a 19-0 shutout win against Lisbon, but I think they got a little bit fired up, and uh, we might be seeing a different Vikings team the next couple of weeks yeah. as well. Yeah, we have given up a point against two pretty decent teams in uh, eight yeah. quarters. Langdon to Botno is interesting. Uh, I heard that uh, Tatro, the running back for Langdon, uh, sounded like he might be out for the year for an injury, from what I've heard. And uh, and Botno is kind of a team that just kind of quietly slid under the radar and made a made a playoff run last year. Yeah, and that kind of now things might turn a little bit, and and that hurts Langdon for both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. Tatro's out for good, but I mean you have Jack Rumpo who's able to handle the ball and run wild on Bishop Ryan in the opener once Tatro went down in that game and. Uh, Marcus King's it, a great wide receiver, and they have their quarterback back in Worley. But as you mentioned, Bodno made a, a really surprising run last year. He even, I think, won a couple of games in the playoffs. Yes. So uh, it could be interesting. Bodno's off to a 2 0 start. So that is one that I also have circled on my schedule. Uh, it's not, we don't get too many matchups like this where we get really, really excited at the beginning of the year. Uh, obviously, we had it last week, you know, Kindred against Hillsborough Central Valley. And now we get two unbeatens uh, this week, and it's kind of one of those games where Botno, all right, if you think you're good, now it's time to prove it against a team that always seems to be in the Final Four uh, come playoff time. In 9B, Lamore Litchfield, Marion just picking up where they left off. They'll get Hatton Northwood on uh, at home on uh, Friday. A couple of games, uh, one up north, Nelson County and North Star, and uh, one out west, uh, New Salem in the top five will face a Central McLean team that's out to a uh, 2-0 start. I guess those are the... Those were the matchups that stood out to me. Is there anything else uh, Anything else to add with that? Yeah, I think we're going to try to get highlights from that New Salem-Almont game. I mean, they're playing a 2-0 Central McLean team, but New Salem-Almont, they have a really good lineman in A.J. Hines that I know is being recruited by some of the D1 schools in the area and a great quarterback in Ty Wolding, great running back in Brock Norton that uh, ran pretty well last week against Grant County Flasher, you know, a team that's usually one of those contenders. And, and they kind of wore them down in the second half. So 
Uh, that's a team to watch on the other side of the state. But as you mentioned here on the east, I mean, it's, it's Lamore, Litchville, Marion, really in the whole state, Lamore, Litchville, Marion, and everyone else. I mean, uh, what they got going with, with Nest and Hanson at quarterback, I mean, they haven't missed a beat going from Potts to Hanson at QB. And it's just, uh, that's just a team that, I mean, would have a lot of success at that 11B level. And they're just completely dominant right now at 9B. All right, very good. Uh, Jody, appreciate it. Have a, a great call tomorrow night out west. We'll keep an eye on, uh, on that game, and uh, we will do this again soon. All right, thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. I'm back to my Wordle. All right, go, <laughs> all right good luck. Don't, don't, don't steal it for me. I haven't played yet. So. We'll see you, Jody. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Jody Norstead from Midco Sports joins us here on the uh, program. Yeah, I was gonna, before we get to Ken Miller, I'm just kind of curious. It seems like, you know, just looking at these brackets, North Dakota, you know, they, they've done a nice job here of kind of getting it where it should be. Do you agree even as far as these four classes? It's pretty close now. I mean, it's, there's it's, a few things. Some of the rule is some of the the ability to get, you know, if you win too much, you might get moved up. Yeah. And the one thing I don't mind is if, if you don't make the playoffs for so long, you can opt to go down because there are some schools that I think of. And there's one in particular that's in 11B right now. I won't say who they are, 11B, but I, I good good friends with the coach. And their numbers have gone down a little bit. And he's told me and said, if Castleton and Kindred are in this division, we don't need to be in. And uh, I think if they can get to nine yeah. man, they will. Well, that's, just, that's just one example. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly see how that goes. And of course, uh, before we get to uh, uh, wrapping up things and heading to the common man, you had a chance to yes. catch up with the head the, the guy under center for the advisor. Yep. Here's uh, Cam Miller. You know, it feels good, but I don't think it really feels any different than it did last year. Um, you know, I feel like I'm doing the same things that I was doing last year to help myself get ready for the game. Um, you know, I feel like we have a really confident group this year, and, you know, that, that really helps me stay confident as well. What are some adjustments you guys have to make, you know, coming off fall camp and getting ready for a game? What are some changes that you guys have to make as a team? I would just say, you know, keeping guys healthy and, you know, our – our focus kind of changes from playing against our own guys to focusing on on a different opponent, um, and I feel like that just kind of changes our mindset from going, you know, playing against our own guys to focusing on the team that we're going to play next. We'll start the season at home against a team you guys have never played before. Does it make it a little bit sweeter? I think it does, especially since it's the first game. You know, I think we all are really chomping at the bit to play. For sure. Coach talked about you had uh, you're going to try and do a full pads workout this week instead mm-hmm. of just have pads. Does that does that kind of help to focus you more for Saturday? I think it definitely does. You know, um, you know we got to stay sharp, um, and I feel like the only way that we can do that is by going full pads. You know, um, you know I'm a big believer in iron sharp. Iron sharpens iron, and uh, we're going to have to go against our defense this week. And I think it only makes us better going against the best defense in the country. What are you guys uh, looking to kind of prepare for against Drake? Um, you know, we're really not too focused on them. We're just going to stick with what we do best and, uh, you know, just playing all, our style of football, and that's just, you know, we're, we're going to run it down. We're going to run it down your throat, basically. So, uh, so yeah. How nice is it having you got, like, a healthy now stable with running backs mm-hmm. to do that? You know, it feels good. Um, last year we were kind of – kind of beat up we didn't have down we didn't have some of our running backs bussy um so just to have them all healthy is huge it's it's obviously a confidence booster for me as well 
going to see a two QB system like the Quincy thing? Or are you going to be catching passes out there? Or what do you got? What do you got planned for us? We'll see. I don't know yet. I haven't talked to Coach Rule about that, so we'll see. Um, you guys don't go on the transfer portal like these other teams. Do. Mm-hmm. Is that important to you? I think it's very important. You know, we try to keep the guys that want to be here. And when we do go into the portal, we get the right people, I do feel like, um, because the last thing we want to do is jeopardize the culture that we've established here so far. And um, we just don't want to do anything to change that. Is that important for morale or, you know, the same guys are there? For sure, yeah. You know, I think that's a big deal, too, in the locker room. You're seeing the same faces um, each and every year. So then you can build kind of that trust and relationship with those guys that are there. You guys didn't have Christian, obviously, a lot at the end of last year, but does mm-hmm. that make it a little easier for you this year because you're kind of adjusting to not having him anymore at all? Obviously, it's a big loss for us. You know, he's such a dynamic player on our offense. But, yes, I do feel like last year as a quarterback, you felt like you always kind of had to feed him the ball, and the rest of the guys were kind of just secondary, you know. Um, now we have a group filled with talent and you know it's going to be really tough to get everyone the ball too who's going to be the guy i don't know yet i i I feel like it's going to take a few games for me to really figure out who that guy is um and i've i've definitely mentioned to that room that we're going to need somebody to step up and uh be that guy that we count on on third down or in a you know a big situation does it have to be one guy no it it could be three you know you know, if it's more than three, that's great. You know, that's great. What's it been like for you, you know? So there you go, some comments from Cam Miller there. And I always thought, yeah, they say, why does it have to be one guy? It could be a variety of guys. And yep, It's probably what they want more than anything, too. That is for sure. Hey, can, get, coming up tonight uh, on all our stations, 101.9 Jack FM, go for football pregame show at 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock kickoff over on uh, – the KFGO, I got a little Couch Potato Radio coming up. We'll preview the big game with UND at Nebraska. Tom Dosh, the analyst for Jack Michaels on the call. And Jack Michaels will be on Red Ox Baseball. Big one tonight at Sioux City. 645 is a pregame show here on 740 The Fan. For Brad Anderson, I'm Derek Hansen. Common Man on the way.